Well, hello, Jer. Today I'm going to talk about Limerick. Limerick is an anglicization of the Irish name Limnach, which means the flat area. Limerick is situated on an island between the River Shannon and the Abbey River. It was founded by the Vikings who came on longboats on raids around 922. They continued there having skirmishes with the Irish and also with one another until the 11th century when finally the Irish managed to take full control again of Limerick. The Vikings who remained in the area gradually blended into Irish society. It's one of the oldest cities in Ireland. In fact, it has a charter of incorporation which dates back to 1197, which makes it older than that of London. Now, this was also the year St. Mary's Cathedral, the oldest building in Limerick, was completed. King John of England visited Limerick in the year 1200 and chose the island as an ideal site on the River Shannon to have his castle built. He saw the castle as being a stronghold against the Gaelic Irish to the west and also as a protection against any rebellion of the Normans. The castle was completed in 1212, although of course it has often been repaired and extended over the years. It's considered to be one of the best preserved Norman castles in Europe and it's also the westernmost Norman castle in Europe. In the early 13th century, friars came to Limerick. There were Franciscan friars known as Grey Friars because of their grey habits, Dominicans known as Black Friars, again because they had black cloaks, and Trinitarians who built an abbey. In 1315, Edward the Bruce, the brother of Robert the Bruce, attempted to become High King of Ireland. He managed to take over Limerick, but a few years later, in 1318, he was killed by the English at the Battle of Foggart in Drogheda. In 1641, the Irish rose in rebellion and entered Limerick. The English troops moved into the castle and the Irish led siege. They used a tactic which they had learned from Garrett Barry. He had joined the Irish Confederate forces and became general of the forces in Munster. He was a skilled military man and it was thanks to him and the skillful siege techniques that he had acquired in Flanders that the Confederates were able to take King John's castle. Although they had no artillery, Barry ordered his men to dig along the foundations of the wall of the castle, thereby weakening the structure. Those who had taken refuge in the castle surrendered when they saw the walls were about to cave in. The foundations had suffered so much damage that later the walls had to be pulled down. Garrett Barry was made commander of the Confederate Munster Army, a post he held until his death in 1646. Oliver Cromwell began his conquest of Ireland in 1649 and in 1651 an English army under the control of Henry Ireton entered Limerick. They used St Mary's Cathedral as a stables for the army's horses. Although they were unable to take the city, they blockaded it. Another tragedy occurred when plague broke out and decimated the city. The Irish held out for five months, but eventually they had to surrender. 
There was yet another siege of Limerick in 1690, after the Battle of the Boyne, when William of Orange had defeated King James II. Although King James had fled after his defeat, Patrick Sarsfield continued to inspire the Irish in their defence of Limerick. However, the fighting had taken its toll, and in 1691, the Treaty of Limerick was drawn up and signed on the 3rd of October by both sides, putting an end to the Williamite-Jacobite Wars, which had begun in 1689. Limerick is known as the Treaty City. The Treaty Stone, on which the treaty was signed, is in the heart of Limerick City, on the bank of the River Shannon. However, the treaty didn't last long. It said that it was broken even before the ink had dried on it. Harsh penal laws were introduced in 1695. What followed was the flight of the wild geese. Many Irish people left Ireland to enlist in European armies, especially in France and in Spain. However, Limerick began to prosper as it was an important port on the western side of Ireland, which meant it was important for transatlantic trade. During the 17th and 18th centuries, Limerick became a city of Georgian architecture with planned terraced Georgian townhouses. The city today still conserves many examples of that beautiful Georgian architecture. Limerick is famous for its lace. Lace making was brought to Limerick in 1829 by an Englishman called Charles Walker who brought 24 women from Nottingham to teach the skilful craft to the women of Limerick. He established a lace-making factory and within a few years he was employing almost 2,000 women. Limerick lace is the most famous of all Irish laces. It was taught in convents throughout the country as a means to help women support their families during and after the Great Famine in the 1840s. The University of Limerick has the longest footbridge in Ireland and it's also one of the longest footbridges in Europe. It's called the Living Bridge. Limerick has many links with important people. The former American president, John F. Kennedy's great-grandfather, Thomas Fitzgerald, was from Brough in County Limerick. So now you know where that F came from in his name. You might think the the place named Limerick is unique to Ireland, but in fact, there are 10 towns in the US called Limerick. Now, Irish coffee is popular all over the world, and of course, you would imagine that it was invented in Ireland. But did you know it was invented in the village of Foynes in County Limerick in 1943? And now, let's have a look at some of the famous people from Limerick. Well, we have Terry Wogan. Richard Harris, the Cranberries, Kate O'Brien, and Pulitzer Prize-winning Frank McCourt. Now, just in case you're wondering if those little short five-lined poems called Limericks originated in Limerick, there is evidence to suggest that it was, imagine, St. Thomas Aquinas, who wrote the first five-line rhyming verse in medieval Latin in the 13th century. And I'm afraid to say he wasn't from Limerick.